If we make the dichotomy that um, the mind is thought, then what is the silence? What is the silence? What is the feeling of you know immersion? Or so if if we make the dichotomy that the mind is thought, then what is the silence that comes? Uh, that is mind too. But it's it's it is all the all of your experience is mind. It's the mind experiencing itself in different ways. When when your mind when the mini and your mind and what's crucial to this is understanding your mind is not one thing. Your mind is many things, and all of these different things that are your mind are all kind of looking at each other and experiencing each other. So when there's a lot of activity going on in your mind, then uh, you will be consciously aware of some of that activity. Other of that activity will be sort of in the penumbra of your awareness. And some of it will be taking place, but you won't be consciously aware of it. Uh, The silence that you experience is what happens when the mind ceases to be so constantly active. And the ultimate silence is when the mind just stops looking at itself all the time. Um, When, let me see if I can explain this. You cannot experience any object without at the same time generating an experience of yourself. So part of the a crucial part of the activity of the mind is not just the processes that are going on, but it is the fact of the mind continuously taking itself as an object and at the same time generating itself as a subject. And so that's sort of the core activity of the mind. The ultimate state of peacefulness is when, for a period of time, the mind just stops all that stuff, you know, stopping the mind, stopping the world, uh, and there is just being. There is. Uh, It's a state of knowing, but without being conscious of anything, and without there being someone to be conscious of. So there's just just the peace of being in the present. So to some degree, we experience that. We experience that when the level of activity of the mind slows down, even though we're still watching the mind. It's still quite different than our ordinary experience of being lost in in the ongoing activity of the mind and having every microsecond of awareness filled with a constant flux of one thought or idea or feeling. Then the mind slows down. So now, by comparison, it's much more calm. It's much more peaceful. And as the mind, as, as the different parts of the mind start to synchronize and function together, then the, the process of being conscious of becomes much simpler. 
uh, all or at least many parts of the mind are exercising the same function and they're being conscious of the sensations arising in the moment and the present moment. And that's a far more peaceful and still and calm place than when they're all doing different things. But the extreme that I can go to is the point where for a while the mind just completely suspends all of this activity and uh, you're, just, you're just in a state of, of complete peace and, and quiet. We, the easiest ways to approach this is where we take one object. We take one object and focus all of our mental capacity on one object, become absorbed into it. Then we'll experience a really profound kind of stillness. And that, that's called jhana. And whenever the mind becomes unified, in the terms that I was talking to Shelley about, whenever the mind becomes unified, it creates a feeling of joy and, and happiness and, and, and peace. I mean, it, the cessation of all of this agitation, which is actually a kind of stress, produces a state of joyfulness and peace. So when you take one object and you manage to immerse your consciousness in just that single object of awareness, you experience a profound peacefulness and there's a strong joy and happiness that arises in association with that. And then, of course, you can proceed through the higher jhanas by further refining that, by dropping that object and just, just taking the mental state of joy and the feeling of happiness as the object and immersing yourself in that, you know, and, and so forth. So you can come to more and more refined states of mental stillness. These go all the way through to the, the eighth jhana, where you suspend the normal process of perception, and it's called neither perception nor non-perception. Non-perception in the technical language of Buddhism uh, refers to what happens in a deep sleep or unconsciousness or things like that. Uh, and the, uh, this very, very deep state of absorption is called neither perception nor non-perception, because ordinary perception, taking the mind reflecting on its own contents, taking as object and subject. Uh, that's not happening, but it's also not the non-perception of unconsciousness. And so that's a, that is extremely profound state of stillness. So these, these are, all of these different meditative states are approaching by degrees more and more stillness of mind. And... Uh, and by compare each of the, each of them by comparison with the last one seems to be so still so so incredibly peaceful and empty uh, there is one of the sutras i don't know if you have the sutras at home but somewhere somewhere okay well that's right if if you're interested in following this discussion up just the thing that i'm talking about right here there is one sutra, it's called the Mahasanyata Sutta. And the Buddha describes in terms of, uh, he, he describes this progression through the meditative states and through the jhanas, and how each one seems so sublime, so peaceful, so empty, and you know, as if there couldn't be anything better than this. And then after you've been there for a while, you become aware, no, there's still, there's still, there's still movement, there's still 
agitation. There's still stress there. There's still some vestige of dukkha. The mind is still grasping at a very, very subtle level. And so you go to the next one, and it's like, oh, here we. This is it. This is, oh, this is so peaceful. This is yeah. This this is what I'm looking for. And then after you've been there for a while, after you dwell, you start to realize, well, no, there's still a subtle dukkha there. You keep going deeper and deeper. It's a, it's an interesting thing. But so, in answer to your question, uh, we're not dividing the mind into thoughts, leaving aside the question of what is the stillness. All that you experience is mind, but there's the mind in the state of activity. And then there's the mind in the state of rest. And so the question might arise, okay, why do I want to turn my mind off? Why do I want to bring the mind to a state of rest? There's a variety of reasons, but I'll just I'll give you one. If you can if you've trained your mind to the point that you can bring the mind to a state of rest, it's not going to stay there very long. Some thought, some sensation, something is going to arise in it. But this gives you the opportunity to examine the nature of the mind and to examine the nature of the objects that arise in the mind. Because now they're going to arise one at a time, with lots of time to experience the mind at rest in between those occasions of experiencing the arising of a phenomenon and the passing away of phenomena. And so this, this is an insight practice now. This, this, you're, you're, you get having opportunity to uh, directly experience the in in slow motion, so to speak, what's happening at a zillion times faster in our daily life, where we can't we can't get a handle on it. And it's the same way that that when a movie film is run at regular speed, it looks like it's continuous motion. You slow it down, and you realize it's a bunch of still pictures. And, and you can analyze it into its components. When, when you are able to examine the mind in a state of rest and the mind as, as it generates objects and takes those objects, uh, then it's your opportunity to uh, understand the nature of the mind as emptiness and the, and the nature of these objects as mind-generated.